0: Inductees into the South Dakota Hall of Fame come from all backgrounds of life, but one thing they all have in common is their daily pursuit of their dreams. In this podcast, you will hear stories of the legacy of these inductees and how these dream chasers have impacted South Dakota in meaningful ways. Here's your host, Miles Beacom.
1: Today I'm with Johnny Brocklesby, and his father, Earl, was inducted in 2000. And Johnny, can you tell us a little bit about your father and, and just the upbringing and what a legend in South Dakota.
0: Yeah, well, you, you know, Dad, Miles, was uh, re- truly one of the, the pioneers for the tourism industry in South Dakota. I, I basically, he and uh, Ted Husted with uh, the Wall Store and that were uh, two of the, of the real pioneers for the visitor industry. And, uh, you know, it, I mean, it was a challenge. My dad, you know, he was only 21 when he started Reptile Gardens, and it was in 1937, and that it was not the most prosperous time in the united states that was the you know the great depression and and all of that stuff so it wasn't the greatest time uh, to start a business but so that
1: was 1937. yep did he ever share with you why he started reptile gardens
0: well yes he did he, he, he <laughs> dad was a he was an amazing character and a character he was well when he was a when he was a little boy he grew up in kadoka south dakota and uh, he actually did have a, a a love of reptiles and that, and he would go out and catch garter snakes and bull snakes and things like that, and keep them for oh a couple of weeks at a time before he'd turn them loose again and as as pets. And uh, anyway, when he when he got to be older, he he would go out and catch rattlesnakes and he would he would play with rattlesnakes and he would tame them down to where they were like pets to him. I mean, it was almost like he was the horse whisperer only to to rattlesnakes. So he's a kid of 19, and there was a little tourist attraction doesn't exist now. It was called Hidden City, uh, just outside of Rapid City, and Dad was hired that summer to do tours. So he would give tours through Hidden City, and uh, he would uh, finish the tour, and he'd have this group of three, four, five, six, ten people, however many. And he always wore a big old cowboy hat like this. And at the end of the tour, he'd take that cowboy hat off, you know, wipe the sweat from his brow, and lo and behold, he had one of his pet rattlesnakes on top of his head. (laughs) <laughs> well, as you can well imagine, Miles, at that point in time, people could care less about Hidden City. They wanted to know about reptiles, rattlesnakes, or a nutcase that would have a live one on top of his head. And that's what gave Dad the idea that whether people uh, hated them or not, there was a fascination with them. And that gave him the seed of an idea for starting Reptile Gardens.
1: That's just amazing. So it started in 37, which you're right. It's a very difficult time to start something, a new business. Uh, so, how did it grow from there? Well, it, uh, uh, you, you know, when he did start in '37, I mean, I mean,
0: he had to go to four different bankers before he finally was able to obtain a $400 loan. And uh, in, in those early days, it was a, it was just a real challenge for him. I mean, you can imagine it's the Great Depression; people don't have any money, in it, and to try to get somebody to depart, it was just ten cents to, to go, go in and watch him jump in a pit and play with snakes. Uh, but it was a hard sell to get that 10 cents back in those days and that. So very, very modest beginnings, very, very small. Um, but dad was a clever uh, businessman. He, he, he was really uh, quite smart. And um, he, a couple of his clever ideas to start with, with, the original Reptile Gardens was on top of a the steepest hill going out of Rapid City. It was just Highway 16, it was a little two lane road and he put it on top of that hill because cars weren't very dependable. Back in those days, they had a tendency to overheat, and so when they would climb this hill, about half of the cars would be overheated when they get to the top, so he put a big old parking lot in, and uh, you know people would pull in and let the car cool, cool. off, the engine, and, that, and Dad would jump out of his little shack and try to get him to part with 10 cents to watch him jump in, and that, that's how he you know, really started it, and then as it grew a little bit, and that, he also realized that people, they wanted to stop at places where they thought there was action happening and other people were. So he came up with the concept of uh, what we called uh, dummy cars and dad bought eight automobiles and he parked them in front of reptile gardens. And so the first car coming over the hill in the morning would see about eight cars there. and It looked like there was some activity in that and they were uh, more likely to stop. So those were some of the things he did in order to start the growth of the gardens. and. Uh, so it went through a lot of changes in that. Then, of course, uh, World War II came along and we were completely shut down. And by the time dad got back out of the, um, uh, his time in the service and that, the whole place, had, it hadn't been open and gone to heck. So he had to basically start all over again. And then in the early 50s, people started to get more prosperous and, they, and cars and travel and vacations and that became more frequent. And that's really when Reptile Gardens started to prosper. And then as business got better and uh, we uh, he just he kept expanding. He he bought the got the giant tortoises and he sent a, he sent a team to uh, Africa to catch Nile crocodiles back in fifty-seven. I mean he spent like I think he spent twenty-seven thousand dollars putting that in, in nineteen fifty-seven dollars. So uh you know it's just kind of amazing i mean we've gone through and dad went through tons of transformation 1976 the whole place burned down we lost every reptile that we had so we had to build the whole collection again and uh but dad persevered he he was one of those guys he he you know he'd, got, he'd go broke but you know he'd just pick up and do it and then he he built the new place uh uh where we currently are, and uh, that was when it really took off, and uh, you know, it became quite an attraction. Uh, you know, he added flowers and birds and different things like that. And.
1: Johnny, just an incredible story, and, and you're right, it's uh, he had challenge after challenge there, and but uh, he was also very creative and quite a marketer uh, to position his pl- place up on top of the hill so the cars would stop, and, and then purchasing the cars to uh, show the activity around. Uh, but then the burn down of the place. He came back from the war, and the facility was in bad shape. He had to start over again. Uh, so many times he could have thrown the towel in. And did he ever share with you why he did not, and just continued to focus on?
0: He, well, Dad, uh, like I say, he persevered, and 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 uh, he, he he was very very ambitious. Uh, you know, he he grew up, he was, he was very poor, you know, just like everybody was back then. and uh, But but he had a habit of making money. I mean, he at one time, I mean, when he was in his 20s, he had like six different businesses. Reptile Gardens was just one. He had a petrified forest. He had a little zoo down in Custer. He had two meat markets in Rapid City. He owned a bowling alley. I mean, he was just, a, he was one of those guys that uh, he... You know, he was a workaholic, you know, worked 18 hours a day. Well, he had every, uh, uh, he had a business, Black Hills Novelty, where he had every jukebox and uh, pinball machine and all the bars in the Black Hills. And that was his, uh, that was probably the most profitable business he had when he was in, uh, like, mid-20s. He was taking down $2,700 a month salary out of that one business. You know way back then, and you, you know it was incredible, so anyway, he just always he just always knew he he could figure out some way to make money and he'd borrow money and uh, and that's what he had to do uh, you know when we built the new reptile gardens and that, and um, sure enough, he got it uh, God bless him, he got it all paid off before uh, before he died and and gave it to us kids so
1: <laughs> but yeah I just look at the challenge and I think it's just so important for. Kids today to look at the challenges that your dad was continued to be faced with, and and uh, he wasn't afraid to work through those items, and believed he could, and he started all those businesses. I mean, it's just amazing the uh, the ambition and the tenacity that that, uh, that that your father had. So, I mean, Justin just incredible. what did you think growing up about this? Here's this giant that is very ambitious, doing things, uh, playing with snakes. Uh, and did you pick that up at the same, at, at a very young age as well? Well, uh, yes and no, I, I, uh,
0: you, you know, obviously I grew up with all this stuff. So stuff I thought was just normal, was not normal for other kids. I mean, like, uh, you know, we didn't have like a pet cat or that. We had a pet African lion, uh, you, you know, <laughs> cub that ran around our house. I mean, you know, things like that. So, you, you know, it was an unusual, uh, childhood. Um, but, uh, I, I didn't have, I mean, I didn't have pet snakes at the house and that. I didn't have uh, have all of that uh, uh, love for them that that father had. But uh, you know, worked in the business since uh, you know I was eight years old. I was a I was a tortoise boy, you know, and would lecture on the giant tortoises and that. And uh, and then at the age of fourteen, I was you know in the gift shop working and. So so, just grew up with it, and it was all good. But you know the, you, you, you know these people. When you talk about chasing dreams and 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 people like that, you know, Dad's the the, the way he did it. It was perseverance, and being willing to bounce back uh, from adversity was was a key to Dad's success, and it applies to anyone with a with a big ambition. Uh, you, you know, those are those are two qualities that really work,
1: and, that, and that's so. I appreciate you taking the time today because that's so important for young people today to understand the challenges that are out there, but you can overcome those and, and to chase your dreams and to look at the businesses that your father started up. And again, I look at the challenges just with Reptile Garden with him coming back from the war and the facility was in terrible shape and had to start all over again. It was at one time, uh, fire hit it and it was burned down, so he had to start over again. And you just look at those things and it would have been very easy to say, okay, we'll do something else." But he wasn't, it was his dream, he believed in it, and he was gonna to continue to, to work through those challenges.
0: Yeah, yeah, I got a, 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 a tremendous respect and uh, admi- admiration uh, for dad uh, for, for sticking with it and all that. And uh, the fact that I got to be a, a beneficiary of nepotism was just fine with me.
1: Well, you, you look at that too, and for you to carry on that tradition for your father, and, and uh, he has to be looking down saying, not a boy, Johnny.
0: Yeah, you, you, you know he's got to be very happy with the place. I mean, from those humble beginnings now to where we're, the Guinness Book of World Records it says we're the largest uh, reptile collection on the planet. You know that's a that's a pretty cool thing for a little uh, little place in Rapid City, South Dakota. So yeah, yeah, it's been a great it's been a great run. And
1: what 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 do you think he would say if he came back today and just seen everything and.
0: You know, I think dad would be very proud of, of how the place has gone. And uh, I mean, all that we've done to uh, he, dad was a big lover of flowers and he raised orchids and that. But to see what we've done on the grounds, what our young staff members have done with the uh, botanical part of Reptile Gardens, I think would just really impress him. And he would be excited that we were the largest in the world. That would make him so proud so dad would be very happy and you know, we've got our third generation. I have a nephew and, and we have uh, young staff members that have been with us uh, for over 20 years and that. And so I, I'm real confident that uh, uh, these these folks will carry on the tradition in a, in a very positive and wonderful way.
1: Yeah, well, what, what an incredible legacy there. Uh, your father is also very involved in the community doing things as well. Can you share some of those things? In-
0: yeah, you 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 know, Dad. Uh, he he truly believed in it, that you needed to be a good a good citizen in your community, and he was always very grateful for the fact that uh, that people embraced reptile gardens and they'd bring their guests and family out to visit, and that. so he always felt that he owed uh, uh, you, you know that back. So, you, you know, he would. Uh, when they'd be raising money for the community chest, which I guess would be a United Way today, but back then it was called community chest, they would always ask him to be one of the first ones to donate because they knew Dad would give a generous uh, donation. And then when the other people say, "Well, what broccoli we give?" you know, they'd say that, and so they could uh, they'd be more likely to get more money. Uh, you know, he served as mayor of, of Rapid City. He was the uh, youngest mayor in the in the history. He was just 29 years old. When, when he was mayor of Rapid City. Um, he he uh, sat on the school board for a number of years and was president of it, and uh, helped get the second high school, Stevens High School, built in Rapid City. He was instrumental in that. So he did just a, a, a number of things uh, like that, you, you, you know, and supported, uh, well, and the Native American uh, people. He had, the dad, uh, you know, he grew up in Kadoka. There was a Native American population there. Mm-hmm. And dad loved the Badlands. That was his favorite place to go with the south unit, which is not where most people go. It's kind of a remote area and it was just beautiful sheep mountain table and that. But dad had many, many friends in Pine Ridge and places like that, uh, that, that that he helped and he, you know, and he hired uh, many of them uh, to work at reptile gardens and that. And uh, there again, he had a, well, matter of fact, black elk, uh, Dad actually uh, met him when he was still alive, Uh, uh, Nicholas Black Elk. That you know the Mm -hmm. uh, Harney Peaks name has been changed to Black Elk Peak, which is uh, which is great. So yeah, he he just did a lot of things in the community like that.
1: It's amazing that how that community is beneficial not only to help the community, but it also helps build relationships as well. And uh, but it takes time. And like I said, your father was working 18 hours a day and. Uh, you do that and you do the, the community work, but it, but it makes the community stronger, makes the business stronger, and it all ties back together.
0: So, yeah. The, 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 yeah, they're, they're, they're all simpatico. You're, you're, you're exactly right. You do that and, uh, you know, it's, you give back, they give back. Yeah. And, and it, yeah, it works out
1: yeah. in a very positive way. Yeah, it just way. builds an incredible partnership, and yeah, that's true. Johnny, what, what's something that you'd like to share about your father that most people don't know? Well, uh, my father, he he
0: was a very complicated man, okay? You know, he he actually, um, uh, he suffered from uh, depression uh, most of his adult life. Uh, You know, he just, he he, he did, but he was able to to persevere and, and, and get through it all. But probably the one thing is, my dad was probably the most fascinating person I've ever met, and probably had more knowledge on more different topics than any person I've ever met. I mean, you, you know, he could talk uh, geology, he could talk of. Uh, uh, Botany, uh, obviously reptiles, you know, just, just just all of these things. And he he, he was a, he read and read. And le- matter of fact, right before he died, when, when he died at the age of seventy-seven, but uh, w- w- the book he was reading was Carl Sagan's book. Uh, you know, at that time in life. So he was just a, he was a true Renaissance man. And uh, I don't think a lot of people would realize how much knowledge that man had. It's always amazed me. I didn't like it. We'd be traveling in Baja, Mexico, and he he would tell me about each cactus and exactly all this. and I I didn't really like it all that much at that time. But now I go back and I, gosh, I can remember all that stuff. And I can say, oh, yeah, there's a bojum tree, or you know, there's Palo Verde, and, and things like that. So dad was just a fascinating character that way. Uh, just, just had so much knowledge. And um, I probably didn't appreciate it as much as I should have at the time, but I certainly do now.
1: Well, I tell you, just amazing. And I know he'd be very proud of you for continuing the legacy for him and how you continue to take it to another level. Uh, and you have, and, and you giving back to the community as well. You're always involved in things. Uh, Johnny, so appreciate that and you make South Dakota even better. So thank you very much for your time.
0: Thank you so much Miles. appreciate it Thank you for listening to learn more about the South Dakota Hall of Fame and these dream chasers visit our website at www.sdexcellence.org and follow us on Facebook and Instagram